We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, Irish fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario. I'm the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. He's messing with me because he's over there this time. That guy's Brian Driscoll. I tried to, ch- kept trying to change and drag it over. <laughs> so that guy's Brian Driscoll. He's the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And uh, it's Thursday, and we have a fun show to talk about today. Obviously, we're moving into. You know, kind of our off-season topics and things like that, looking forward to the fall. And this topic, uh, Brian and I were kind of discussing it a little bit, uh, you know, obviously prior to the show to to get started. And th- this is a fun one to think about. So yeah. we're going to talk about can Notre Dame compete for a national championship with a young first-year starting quarterback? So And, and obviously ahead. what I mean by compete is – Get to the title game, right? Be competitive. Either right. win it, obviously is the main goal, but be competitive in it, you know. And that's that's the next step for Notre Dame, right? right? Absolutely. They've been to the playoff twice. Okay, great. They've been to the playoff. They've been to the playoff and and lost two not overly competitive games. One game was competitive for half. The other one was never really competitive, right? Okay, went to a BCS game. Wasn't competitive. No, like, it wasn't. Warm ups didn't even like you know joke like oh, it was good through warm. No, you knew before, in warm ups Notre Dame was going to lose that game. So, okay, what's the next step for Notre Dame? Is there is the next step national title? Well, that's the ultimate step. I think the next step is winning a playoff game, getting right. to the title game, and being competitive. Right? Yep. Like Clemson went through that hurdle. Sure. Right? Like to get to get to that level. Now they lost the title game, and then the next year they went out and won it. So for me, Vince, it's about that. It's about can you go to the playoff, win a game, play in the title game, and it be a game? You know, where your team has a chance at the end to win it. And then, of course, obviously, the ultimate goal is being to win it. That is the premise we're talking about. Not can you get back to another, let's say the schedule ends up not being as tough as we think, and then it gets back to the playoff and loses again. That's not competing for a championship. You weren't competitive. Right. Right. Getting to the playoff isn't competing for a championship. It's giving yourself to be on the stage to compete for championship. But when you get your butt kicked in the big stage, you're not competitive. And that's really what we're referring to here. And the, the thought being that there's always this this thought that th- this is where the, the idea came from. 
whenever we talk to Notre Dame fans about next season, it's always like, no, you can't expect them to win it because of, and they list out the reasons. And one of the first two or three reasons that we always get for people to say they can't win it is, well, you've got an inexperienced quarterback. You got a young quarterback. You need a veteran quarterback. And I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking about like, no, I don't really think you do. And so here's the case, right? And 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 so to just eliminate it right away. And there's the the in in the sort of the big picture view, and then there's a specific to Notre Dame view. Yeah, specific so to Tyler Buckner and Notre Dame. Yeah, right. let's get this bigger picture one out of the way. Doing research, going back to 2010, there have been 12 national champions. Of those 12, seven were first-year starters. Of those first-year starters, let's see here. You had, let's go Let's go back, right? And, and we're even going with assuming, we're even calling Stetson Bennett not a first-year starter. Yeah, and I would almost push right? back on that a little bit, but... To the I'm argument, like four games at the right, and that's right. the point that you know we're right, we're, right. We're going to err on the error side of not making our point. Correct. Right? I think I think that's smart. Yeah. And so then you look at okay, of the twelve quarterbacks, there was one fifth year senior was Joe Burrow, four seniors, three juniors, three sophomores, and a freshman. Right. So, okay, there was youth in the first year starters and there were some first year stars that were veterans. If you kind of go back and look, obviously, in 2020, Mac Jones is a first year starter, but he was a senior. Trevor Lawrence was a first year starter in 2018, but he was a freshman. In 2017, you had a a guy win a title in Jalen Hurts, who was just a sophomore, but he was a second year starter. In 2015, you had a first year starter who was a junior. 2014 is an interesting one, Vince, because you had a a a red you had a redshirt freshman as the starting quarterback for Ohio State that got them to basically the Big Ten title game, right? Right, and, and, and you know to and the, the Michigan, injuries to the Michigan and, game. Right. Then they replaced him with a redshirt sophomore who was a backup. Right. Both were first year guys, so the first year thing applies, but the youth of the starter, whoever you want, do you want to go with JT Barrett, who was a redshirt freshman? Right. You, and when I said the numbers at the beginning, I was going with how many years they'd been in college, not not redshirt. So like. Right. Jameis Winston, I counted as a sophomore, even though in 2013 he won it as a redshirt freshman. If you remember back then, redshirt freshman couldn't play the year before. So he was a redshirt freshman who had never taken a snap of football going into that season. Uh, 20, 2011, you had a first-year starter who was a redshirt sophomore in A.J. McCarron. In 2010, you had a redshirt sophomore who was a first-year starter as well. So 11, 10, 11, 13, 14, 15, 18, and 20, you had first-year starters. Then you look at the backups. You had a redshirt freshman first-year starter as the runner-up last year. Not the backups, the runners-up. You had a first-year sophomore, first-year starter sophomore in 2018 in Tua. Then you had two years in a row where you had freshmen freshmen as the runners-up. True freshman first-year starters in the runners-up. Jake Fromm in 2017, Jalen Hurts in 2016. And then you go down to 2013. The runner-up was a, a first-year starter. 2012, obviously Notre Dame. It was a first-year starter and a redshirt freshman sophomore player. So we've seen a lot of inexperienced quarterbacks be in the title game. Some competitive, some not so much. But a lot have won championships. As I said, in the last 12 titles, seven of the 12 champions were teams with a first-year starter quarterback. Right. So in, there hasn't been a sink. There was one team with a guy that was a third-year starter, and that was 
20, uh, 2016 with Deshaun Watson, who was the runner-up in 2015 as a sophomore. Right. So he was there. Years of start, which right. again puts if Notre Dame is able to even get to the national championship game, that's still a step right. beyond what they've been able to do up right. to this point. And that's what we're talking about is they have to take another step. And that right. would be the next step would be getting to the title game, winning a playoff right. game, and then hopefully being competitive in that game as well. Right. So that's kind of, that's the premise right there. So like, there's no anecdotal evidence that says in college football, you have to have a veteran right. quarterback to win a championship. And let's not also forget that the fifth-year starter that was a two-year guy in Joe Burrow was only in the system he won a championship in for two years. Correct. Because he transferred from Ohio State. So, so I mean, he's essentially a second-year starter. Yeah, he was definitely a second-year starter. Yeah. What I'm saying is he was a, a fifth-year guy. Yeah. Right. Right. But right. he was in his second system, so it's not sure. like he'd been in that offense for five years. Right, right. been in it for two. Well, really, he'd only been in that offense for one. Right. They installed a new offense coordinator, right. But he was a two-year starter at quarterback. So, And there was only – Looking at it, as I said, there's only one guy that had been a starter for more than two years. So this notion that you've got to be a really experienced quarterback, you have to have a really experienced quarterback, is just there's no evidence of that. Now, the question then turns on, okay, well, that's all fine and dandy, but does Notre Dame have a quarterback capable sure. of being that, Vince? And I think that is where right. the discussion needs to arise. Not not can they have a – get rid of Tyler Buckner's experience – Right, because we just showed that's not really a thing. You can put that part of the argument right. aside because it's, that doesn't. That's, is now now the question is is Tyler Buckner right. good enough? That's a debate for championship, and I think that's a legitimate debate right now, uh, based on the fact that you know it, it's all well and good what we're hearing at practice and what we project him to be. Excuse me, project him to be based on his high school film and based on things you've heard from other coaches and all of those different things. That's fantastic. Nobody got to see it because he wasn't in the spring game, right? So now those questions are even more amplified because he wasn't there. And then on top of that, because Drew Pine just didn't do well in the spring game, right? And so those questions are now absolutely surround. There was a there was a uh, a top twenty five that I saw out on Twitter today. I think it was on three, just, but they had Notre Dame drop to thirteen. They had them 13. Well, they did have a lot of dumb things. And, and so like, and, and me, I, but I'm, I'm almost at the point now where I don't even want to talk about on three anymore. Because and I get what it. they're doing is clearly just brand building. Absolutely. And they're saying, because they know in today's era, if you say something absurd, it's going to draw followers. Right. People I get flock that. to stupidity. And but I, they do a lot of that. And the only the reason I brought that and up. College and all. Right. But, but they're not alone. That's, that's right. Notre Dame fans are freaking out right now. There's a lot of them out there that are freaking out because they think that the quarterback position is going to be a huge problem. Correct. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My wife is the coffee drinker in our house. So when I told her about trying out trade coffee, she was curious. When I told her that if she answered the survey trade sent me, they could match her with brands she would like, she was downright skeptical. We ended up getting three different shipments from three regional coffee makers. And let me tell you, she was blown away. My coffee snob wife loved each and every new blend that she got. As a non-coffee drinker myself, I must admit, opening up the cabinet and getting a whiff of her most recent blend was aromatically pleasing. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you and as often as you like, whole or ground. Whether you're a coffee connoisseur like my wife or just want a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. Take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. And for Irish Breakdown listeners, right now, Trade Coffee is offering up to $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. To get started, take their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and start your journey to perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $20 off your first three bags. As as Notre Dame fans, we live in a bubble. And and what I mean by that is it's kind of like we were having this debate. The people like convince themselves of things. We had someone on the message board the other day that was was trying to was trying to throw a compliment to Brian Kelly and then also a compliment to, to Marcus Freeman in that he thinks Marcus Freeman's going to add a lot more talent, which I think we all agree on. Correct. But his premise was, and it was a, it was a, he was, it was, the point he was making was fair, but here was the premise. He said, you know, we have to give Brian Kelly credit. He won a lot of games with mostly three star players. And I was like, you've convinced yourself of that because of Brian Kelly. And then I did put the numbers out. Notre Dame had more five and four star players signed with them in the last, was it like from 16 on, than they had three star and two star players. And I took specialists out, but even if you add specialists, there's still more four and five star players, but there's this immediate assumption that Notre Dame doesn't have top players. There's this immediate assumption that people have of, well, Notre Dame can only win if, and they set these premises that don't exist anywhere else. And that's the whole point of the original part of the conversation was, hey, let's get the one part of this conversation out of the way. It's not about youth, right? It's in today's era, you go through the championships because I don't care what happened 30 years ago. That, that That's not relevant to today. 30 years ago, they were running power option and, you know, teams were doing all types of crazy things, you know, five, two defenses and whatnot, right. right? Like you can't do that today. But there's not this that you don't have to have, as evidence has shown, a veteran quarterback right. to compete for a championship. The right. question then becomes, is Tyler Buckner good yeah. enough? Let's get into so, that. And that's that's the thing for me, Vince, is like there's this thought like, okay, look at last year's Bama team. I'll, I'll still say this. If Jamison Williams – forget just both Williams and Mechie don't get hurt. But if just Jamison Williams doesn't get hurt in the championship game, I think they beat Georgia. 
He, he was torching uh, secondary. Uh, exactly. And, and then you look at, you know, and I've said this, I mean, not, injuries are part of the game. I said in 2009, if Colt McCoy doesn't get hurt, I still think Texas beats Alabama in 2009. So, you know, but that's uh, unprovable. But the, the point is, is people say, well, you know, there's all these things that people will say, and it's like, what are you basing that off of, right? Like people say, we well, you know Tyler Buckner's not a good enough passer to do this, this, and this. And it's based off of how Notre Dame used him. Sure. He's not accurate enough. And then you point out, well, he completed a higher percentage of his passes as a freshman than Bryce Young did as a freshman. Mm. So why do we assume that Bryce Young's going to be better, going to get better in year two, but Tyler Buckner's not, who has way more experience going into year two than Bryce Young had going into year two? Right. Well, then there's always these excuses. So let's let's buckle down to this. I, yeah. Number one, I don't think either of us believe right now, from what we've seen of Drew Pine, that we can confidently say, I, I think Notre Dame can win a lot of games with Drew Pine. I've always Me said too. it. I still believe it. Absolutely. Me too. I think Drew Pine could maybe get them, if Tyler Buckner gets hurt, could maybe get them to a playoff game. I don't believe that Drew Pine's capable of putting the team on the shoulders at any point in time and winning him a game. Sure. And that's just, I mean, and so unless you want to disagree with that premise, Vince, we can we can kind of focus on Buckner. I get a lot of funny looks over the last couple of weeks. Then when I say that I still have a lot of faith in Drew Pine and, and what he can be. And I and I always premise it, uh, or I go off of the premise that he is a great right. QB2. He right. will be a guy who will be mentally ready to step in at a moment's notice because that's what you need to do as the second guy. And he can lead the team to some victories. Is he your prolonged starter? I don't think so. Well, I think, I, I think he can be, and I think he can do a lot of good things. I think Notre Dame can maybe go into November as a potential playoff team. I just don't – again, there's there's that. That's Ian Book. I, I don't right. see any reason why he can't be Ian Book. I agree. Against a, an okay schedule, he's going to win you a ton of games because he's a smart sure. kid, he's a great kid, he's, he's – you know, and all that kind of stuff. But like Ian Book, I don't know if he can get you to the next level. As we've said in the past, if Drew Pine is going to win you a championship, it's got to be about what's more about what's around him 100%. than anything else. And it's always will, true of what's around you for any he will get, he will, get more, the so. Ian, he will get the Ian Book treatment from defenses. Yes, and he make you beat us throwing the ball down the field. Absolutely. Yep. And for different reasons, he doesn't have the arm Ian had. If, he, if, he, if, if Tyler Buckner had Ian Book's arm, I mean, excuse me, if uh, Drew Pine had Ian Book's arm, we'd be having a different conversation right now. Right. But he doesn't. He doesn't have the arm strength that that Ian that Ian had. So, I think the focus has to be on Tyler Buckner. Correct. Can Tyler Buckner be that guy? And I think that's a more in, legitimate question because I do think there's reason for people to to say, well, I'm not sure if he can be that guy. As long as your premise isn't well, what he showed last year, because what he showed last year was actually better than a lot of these guys showed as freshmen. Again, and it's it was you got to understand, Vince. It's this is what exactly. What you were going to say is, is yeah. that's what they were asking him to do. They weren't asking him to go in there and you know lead the offense, and they were asking him, "Hey, you're an elite athlete. We've got to find a way to get that part of your game on the field." We want got it, Jack as the passer. We got Jack as the guy to lead the offense. We need you to come in and add right. some dynamic running ability. He can be more than that, but that's not what they needed him to be last year, and that's what I think some folks are are, are missing out on a little bit. Well, and and we talked about that going into the season during the preseason about. They need to figure out a way to get Tyler Buckner on the field, get him some experience, et cetera, et cetera. They did exactly what we were hoping would be done in the fall, right? And again, he wasn't asked to be a pocket passer. He wasn't asked to be the guy who is going to lead the team down the field from start to finish. He was asked to be the changeup guy. He was asked to come in, you know, when, you know, uh, there was an injury, right? He, he, 
people need to understand what he was asked to do. And once they can wrap their mind around that, that that's not necessarily the Tyler Buckner that they're going to see. They're going to see flashes of that for sure. We saw his dynamic running ability. You know, we, we saw the fact that he can read a defense and he can put the ball where it needs to go at times. Like we saw flashes of it, but that as a whole is not what he's going to be asked to do this year as the starter. He's going to be asked to run the entire offense now. He's going, it, you know, the the package that he had was like this. Now he's got the whole playbook. You know what I mean? It's a big, big difference. And people need to understand that for sure. I think for me, the thing that 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 there's obviously improvement that Tyler Buckner needs to make, right? And and there's things he has to continue to work on. Even from what we were told in spring, consistency is going to be a key for him, right? He's got to be a more consistent player. He has some days where people are like, it's going to be a storm. And then there's days you're like, yeah, he looks like a redshirt freshman who's never started a game before, right? right? right. That's going to happen. He's going to have games like that this fall. Yep. And, and the key is going to be him – changing this you know taking it from one direction to another where really talented but inconsistent to really talented and more consistent is going to be the key how quickly can that happen that's that that depends i mean it depends on the work he wants to put in this year and if he's willing to go out there and grind and do all those kind of things then he'll have a chance to do that if he's distracted by a lot of other things and he doesn't put in the work then he won't do that and i'm not saying he will or won't i'm just saying that's the reality right you know, so the question is, okay, but does he have the ability to be that quarterback? Because some people can work as hard as they want, and I don't care how hard they work or how much they improve their game. They don't have the ability. And I think that's – there's not enough conversation about Buckner in that regard. It's like it's like it, whenever we bring up his name, the chat goes crazy. And and I would argue that over oh, well over half of the comments are sort of butt comments or criticisms of what he can't do. And and it's weird to me because it's it seems like it's a lot of the same people that thought he should have been the starter after last year's spring game, you know. And it's just like I, I don't understand where a lot of this lack of well, Tyler's not the guy. Like there's literally people I know in there. Some of them are in this chat that have already given up on Tyler Buckner. I, it, 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 and I don't understand why. He completed 60% of his passes last year. He was a dynamic runner, and the offense simply had a much better yards per play average when he was in the game. And I just – I don't quite understand it. So let's focus on yeah. why we think that that's an incorrect perception. Yeah. I think the first place you have to start, Vince, is not his running ability. Because as I look down this list and I think of the first-year starters that were champions, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence – you go down to 2015 and you have, sorry, you go down to 2015 and you have Jacob Coker. You go to Cardell Jones and JT Barrett. JT Barrett was a mobile quarterback. Cardell Jones, not really. Oh, he was pocket. Yeah. You look at uh, Jameis Winston as a freshman. He was not really, I mean, he was an athletic kid, but not really a runner. Right. And you look at uh, A.J. McCarron in 2011 and Cam Newton in 2010 was. So a lot of these guys weren't necessarily mobile quarterbacks. Now, I don't think some of the second-year guys were, right? I mean, you, Deshaun Watson, some of those guys were. Jalen Hurts. But it, to me, the legs are important. They are, and we'll talk about that. It's a piece of the puzzle. It's, it's the, the, if Tyler Buckner's going to be, and this is where I, I think the, the question marks are legitimate, if Tyler Buckner's going to be a guy that can lead Notre Dame to that level, 
he has to do it first from the pocket. The the arm, the legs have to be a complement to that. That's how the Notre Dame offense works. That's how it works best. And I think we saw that in 2017. I don't necessarily expect him to be any more dynamic as a runner than Brandon Wimbush. But at the end of the day, it, it, Miami, Georgia, Stanford, what were the what were the problems in those games? He could not complete the passes necessary that he needed right. to complete to win those games. Right. Right. And, and that's where Tyler, I mean, at the end of the, no matter what else, the, the, the throwing part has got to be the part of his game that takes the, the love. So let's focus on that. Vince, a little bit. So, so and, and I want to, I want to kind of expand on the, on what you're saying here earlier in the show, I said that, you know, Drew Pine, you know, he's going to get the Ian book treatment from defenses where they're just going to load up and they're going to say, you got to beat us through the air right well if, if Tyler Buckner cannot prove that he can be an accurate passer and that he could stand in the pocket and pick you apart it's the same thing that's going to happen you know it's great that he can run the ball it's another guy you got to account for in the running game and all of that it's, it's all important don't get me wrong but if you're loading the box you're still going to be outnumbered defensively if all you can do is run the football so he so, so just to expound on your point he has to be able to throw the ball from the pocket or get him out of the pot, whatever. He still has to be able to throw the ball sideline to sideline and down the field in order to make defenses respect the whole game. If they're not respecting the whole game, he is defendable, right? And that's, that's where we're at here. So people are worried about him not being able to throw the ball. And I get it. I understand why people would be, you know, worried about that because we haven't seen a Notre Dame quarterback be able to do that in quite a while, right? And and that's the issue that we're looking at moving forward. Now, if we're talking about Tyler Buckner specifically, he didn't have his senior year. Somebody mentioned that in the chat. Totally get that. That that hurt. That him. mattered last year. That, 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 thank you. Yes, I agree with that. That mattered, la- and that's why. That's why we were telling people to pump the brakes Correct. on expecting him to go out and win the starting job last year. Yeah, absolutely. Again, his role was exactly what I felt, and I, I believe you. I don't want to speak for you, but you felt he needed to be, yes. be in the game. This yes. is what you do well. Let's let's do it, right? There's a couple times that I would have liked to have seen them give him some chances to throw the ball in some of those you know, mop-up games. But the reality is, is for the first half of the season, they were barely beating teams, barely beat right. Florida State, barely beat Toledo, didn't pull away from Purdue till late. You know, and so th- those opportunities were missed. Right. And, right. you know, by the end of the year, I think they were kind of at the point where they, they felt they needed to get Jack more work. And so, but, you know, Tyler got it, went in and he would basically mostly run the ball. So I think we can maybe nitpick, okay, when you put him in the game in the second half of, of some games, you should have allowed him to throw it more. I think that's a very fair thing to say. Sure. I do you know, too. Navy should have thrown it more. Stanford should have thrown it more. But you know, he threw he went three for three against Virginia for 42 yards. He threw six passes against Virginia against Georgia Tech. I would like to see them let him open it up a little bit and sure. stretch the field. But those those are nitpicks. I mean that but but again, that's not the role that they asked him to do. And the reality is the first half of the year they didn't have a whole lot of chances to put him in the game and throw because the offense was playing poorly and Exactly. They were poorly coached at the top and weren't blowing away teams that they should have blown away. Right. Right. And so the bottom line is, can he can he be that guy that can distribute the ball sideline to sideline and push it down the field? There has been, um, you know, a small amount of evidence from my own eyes, right, at practice, mm-hmm. where I would say that he is trending in that direction. 
Okay. I'm, I, I'm not, I am not prepared to go out and be like, oh man, he's going to sit in the pocket. He's just going to pick you apart and it's not going to be a problem, et cetera, et cetera. There are more pieces that go along with that before I'm prepared to say that. But from what I saw in spring practice, he is getting ever closer to being able to be that guy. I have no qualms about his running and, and being able to read and all that stuff. It's can he throw the ball? I, I thought he was snapping the ball off well in practice. I thought that he his arm strength looked fine in practice. I had no problem with that. And um and and it appeared that he was making good decisions in practice mm-hmm. that I was able to see. And that's what I'm going off of, what I'm able to see. You can expound on what other people have told you in the in the times that we weren't there. Um, but when I was there, he was clearly the number one guy, and he was doing a very good job of being the number one guy, getting the ball where it needed to go on time, accurately, all of that. So I feel like the more reps that he gets, the better he's going to be. Right. I didn't see much hitch in his giddy up, you know, as far as his throwing motion. I had no problem with it, right? I think he's getting there. I really do. Again, there's a long time between May 5th and September 3rd. Right. And and I'm fine with that. I think right. he's in a good space right now. Right. And and here somebody so, well, folklore, great name by the way, uh, <laughs> made a comment. He said literally two interceptions versus Virginia Tech scared everyone about Buckner's ability to throw. People wouldn't be so nervous if they would have seen Tyler play against Oklahoma State, in my opinion. And and I think there's merit to that. And I think that's where some people are. But I again, I think that's a misguided way of evaluating. Look at the first half of the game he was in. He went five of eight for over 100 yards and led them on two touchdown drives. Right. They turned a 10-0 deficit on the road in Lane Stadium that everybody tells me is such a hard place to play and the crowd's this, right. that, and the other thing. And he turned into a 14-10 deficit. The kid, all week, the kid's practicing as the backup quarterback with his niche. Right. They, brought, they threw him in because Jack was struggling, and he leads them on two touchdown drives. Then Virginia Tech goes in at halftime and makes adjustments, and Notre Dame doesn't have a very they're, – they're trying to span the offense. When he's running stuff he hadn't really run before, run much, and guess what? He made mistakes. That's what a young quarterback does. Right. Those things are great opportunities for him. But if you go back and watch that game, he made some he made some mistakes in that game that were related to his inexperience. They weren't related to his talent level, and that's what people miss. Right. If a guy makes a mistake because he just doesn't have the arm, he tries to throw a deep ball and it's underthrown by five yards, and safety comes and picks it off. That's a talent problem. That's Tommy Reese. Well, I mean, well, I agree. I'm just saying he he even says yeah, he was right. right. I, mean, I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But 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 my point is is that if a guy has physical deficiencies, you can see those, and those are different than the corner baited him. And you know, a kid who hadn't right. played football in two years and, and was running an offense he wasn't used to got baited by a veteran corner. Oh, okay, yeah, that happens. That happens, right? Yeah. And you know, but then you look at, but then they ignore the gorgeous deep ball he threw to Kevin Austin, the backside seam, which was his secondary read that he threw to Avery Davis. There was a couple of the throws in that game. You're like, well, that's a pretty darn good throw and showed good timing and savvy. And that's part of being a young quarterback. Well, he's right. worked some of those kinks out of his system because of last year. And I think that's the thing is, and I think folklore is right. I think a lot of people are concerned about those interceptions. But again, he was thrust into a situation. He did not prepare that whole week right. as a starter. If he would have prepared the whole week, I might look at that game a little bit differently, but I'd still chalk it up to he was a true freshman. Right, we didn't play a single game the year before right. because of COVID, and was thrown into a pretty tough spot. Right, and again, we don't know how Bryce Young would have handled that as a true freshman because he was never put in that situation as a true freshman. So, 
that's the thing I think people miss, Vince, is that you're you're criticizing folklore's not. I think he's rightly pointing out why some people are sure. concerned. And I think I don't it sounds like from his his comment that that or his, I don't know if that's him or her, but it sounds like from that comment that that they don't necessarily accept the that, but that's the the what people have. And I think that's part of it. That combined with the fact that, you know, I've had people say this to me, they didn't trust him to throw the ball when they put him in. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. That's that wasn't his role, right. right? I mean, that wasn't his role, and it's also not accurate because I believe on the first drive of the, uh, that he'd ever been in, he did he, deep, didn't, didn't, he? didn't he throw a deep ball yeah. on that that drive against Purdue or uh, Toledo when he came in? So you know, you're also not going to ask a kid to do stuff that they haven't practiced. Right. I mean, you're just not you're not going to draw it up in the dirt and be like, just do this. You right. know what I mean? Like that that's just not good coaching, first of right. all. Okay, so. You also have to understand that they're not going to put him out there and expect him to be Jack Cohn. I mean, right. that's the offense that they had been practicing. So there's there's that. <laughs> right. So, you know, so, again, I, I think some of the concerns that people have are are legitimate, but it's just based on what it was this year. It's just one of those things where I just I don't quite. I don't think that I don't think people are looking at it through the proper context. Mm-hmm. So put that behind. Then the question is, okay, does does Tyler Buckner have the tools to be that quarterback? And I think that's the discussion. And I think that physically the tools are there. I, as I've said, I only have one question mark about Tyler Buckner as a thrower, and I just have never seen him throw the ball deep. When I mean deep, I don't mean drop back and, and chuck it 45 yards in an outside go route. We've seen him do that. That's exactly what he did against Virginia Tech. The thing is, and Tyler in his junior year, he throws with such impeccable timing that his balls never really went over 50 yards and rarely went over 40 because he would just hit it and see it and then get it out. And it would just drop on a guy like 45 yards, like the Kevin Austin one I've never seen. Can he make, for example, can he make the throw that Ian book made against Navy in 2019, 55, 60 yard bomb leads Braden Lindsay hits it off his drop and then launches it 55, 60 yards down the field. Can he make that throw? I don't know. I've never seen him try it. I have no clue. And so it's more of an, an unknown and, yeah. you know, something that it's, it's a, it's a concern, but not a ton of a concern because how often do quarterbacks throw the ball more than 45 yards in the air? It's minimum. I was, I remember I was at a camp when I was in high school, I was at a camp and Brad Johnson, if you remember at the time, I think he was with the I think it was the Minnesota Vikings at the time. Eventually became the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they won a Super Bowl. And some of the young kids, you know how young kids are, some of the young kids are like, hey, how far can you throw it? And he 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 was such a gracious guy, but he starts explaining, he's like, you know, Dan Marino and Steve Young can barely throw the ball over 50 yards. And he's like, and he said said some stat, like, do you know how often that quarterbacks throw the ball more than 50 yards in the air in a game? And he, it was something like six or seven times. And, and it's a little more than that now with some of these big arm quarterbacks, but you, you don't throw the ball more than 50 yards in the air very often. It's probably 10 times on average, maybe once a game on average, but it's still nice to know that you have that if that time comes. And, you know, so can he hit that post route that, 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 that Ian book hit against Clemson? Yeah, I'm sure he can make that throw. I've seen him make that throw. Can he hit the post route that Ian Book hit to Avery Davis against Clemson uh, later? In, I mean, um, excuse me, that uh, against Purdue last year, or Jack Cohn did? Excuse me. Yeah, I think he can make that throw. I think we've seen him make that throw. Can he make the the deeper deeper throws? That I don't know. 
that that I'm unsure of. And so that's really the only physical limitation that I that I am concerned that he has. The rest of it comes down to technical. And and that I think is a more legitimate question, Vince. So if, if I believe the talent is there, the physical talent is there as a passer. Now it's about can he read a defense? Mm-hmm. Can he throw can he throw with anticipation? Can he be a good decision maker? Can he be accurate? Can his ball placement be accurate? You know, and those type of things. I think the, can he can he can he get himself out of mechanical funk? So I think that's one of the. And you're a baseball guy, right? It's the same thing with pitchers. Yep. Now throwing a football and throwing a, a baseball are are completely different motions, but it's still mechanically driven. And as you know, Vince, you've seen this. We've seen this. I've seen this with major league guys. You get into every pitcher goes through parts where they get into a funk for an inning, and they just can't find the strike. Not every game, but it'll happen. And the the better ones know what they're doing wrong, and they can quickly adjust and get themselves out of that funk. Same with quarterbacks. And so, what I don't know about Tyler is is he one of those guys that has the ability that if he gets into a mechanical funk in a game, can he get himself out of it? Right. That's a question mark that I have, and that's an unknown for any any inexperienced quarterback. Sure. And, but the, the point is, is that the physical tools aren't the issue. And right. I'll say this too. One thing we did see last spring, especially, and, and we saw it at times this spring, Vince, but we just didn't see it enough of the spring. And we didn't get to see him in the spring game. And, and, and you saw it at times last year. His anticipation as for a young quarterback is exceptional. And I don't think people give him enough credit for that. And and what I mean is I go back to last year's blue gold game. Again, I've said I don't care about results for a blue gold game and all that. I've said that this, but but you do you can see certain things. And I remember the corner route he threw to Mitchell Evans. Drops back, Vince, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Drops back as soon as he hits his drop. Mitchell Evans is putting his inside foot into the ground and he's about to run a corner route. And at that moment, Tyler lets the ball go and it goes out. Mitchell turns around and he runs underneath the ball. I have seen him make that throw in practice. You have seen him make that throw in practice. I have talked to sources that I have that are at a lot of practices or, or you know, know people that are, and they say the same thing. His anticipation is something that is unteachable. I had a, a Notre Dame coach tell me one time, he goes, Tyler makes throws in practice. Then if we can get them into games, it, people are going to be blown away with what he can do. And, and I'm like, okay, well, give me an example. He's like, there was one time, coach was like you know we're sitting there and that he there's a guy running like a deep end cut and he and the coach like i didn't see it and all of a sudden tyler throws the ball and i'm like what the and all of a sudden the receiver just runs right into it bam and he takes off he's like in between three guys and he's like didn't see it right and And that'll get him in trouble at times Right, you know, throwing through well, three guys. What I mean, three guys is not like triple coverage. But right, like there was a trail, a middle, and a safety. So not, yeah. not when I say three guys, I'm not talking about what you're what you're okay. thinking. I'm saying gotcha. like trying to John Elway a ball. Yeah, it's more of a there was a trail defender, a linebacker, and a safety. Gotcha. He found. And the if hole. he doesn't throw with anticipation, right. the guy gets drilled or gets picked off. Right. Okay, but because gotcha. he didn't anticipate, he just ran right into the hole, caught it, and then ran. And so when you hear things like that over and over and over, you're like, okay, the tools are there. Now he's got to translate it to Saturdays. Well, and, that, and that's it, the question. Those that you just talked about, specifically the corner routes and the anticipation of that kind of thing, that's what gets me excited about who Tyler Buckley You've seen be. a bunch of that in the practices you've been to. Absolutely. And again, and I don't want to make this a, a Ian Book bash. This is not That's not my intention. But what I am saying is, one of the things that he was lacking was his anticipation. 
And so when I see it now, I mean, as a as a fifth year senior, that correct. was a problem. Yes, and and his reluctance to throw balls like that. And so my excitement when I see that actually happening from a guy wearing a Notre Dame helmet, it gets me very it gets it gets me fired up. You know what I mean? Because that is what I think this team has been missing, and it is just that. I don't want to call it the it factor, but for a quarterback, it kind of is to have that kind of anticipation and being willing to make that throw and trust that your guys are going to be there and do what they're supposed to do on time as well. Man, that's huge. That That's the difference in extending drives. It's the difference in, you know, uh, long touchdowns. It's a difference in a lot of things when you've got a guy that's willing and able to do that. And I think that that needs to be understood from people because, again, haven't had a lot of evidence. And I think the unknown is what people get so nervous about, right? It's the unknown. And and they, you know, we're taking the, the pieces and the parts that we've seen and, and the talk and all of that, and we're putting it together to make an assessment. There's a lot of people out there. All they can remember is the two interceptions. All they can remember is the incompletions. All they can remember are the mistakes. And they don't see what we see. And so it's the unknown. They haven't seen right. him be Which successful. And I get it. The other part of it, I will also say, is we've seen him be dynamic with his legs. And when people are dynamic, when the quarterback is dynamic with his legs, they automatically assume that that's what he does. And that's who he is. And I think that's part of it, too. I think that's a great segue, Vince, because we've talked about the throwing, and that has to be there, right? He can't be Brandon Wimbush. Right. But here's the thing I think that people are missing is obviously we think the throwing ability is there. But he also doesn't have to be Mac Jones, right? He doesn't have to be Bryce Young. And that's the other the other counter because he is a dynamic runner, right? Like the reality is Bryce Young's a good athlete. Sure. But if, if, you know, Bryce Young had 81 carries for zero yards last year, right? If Bryce Young gets into a funk throwing the ball, as we saw against Georgia. They're done. He has no answers. Right. Whereas with Tyler Buckner, Tyler can do what Trevor Lawrence did in 2019 against Ohio State. Now, again, they're different players. I'm not saying he can throw the ball like Tyler Trevor Lawrence, but here's the point I am making. If you remember that game, 2019, and we've talked about it before, Clemson receivers could not get off the press. They were dropping balls. They were struggling. Ohio State had a really good secondary that year. So Trevor was like, all right, I got this. You know, and and he goes in out and makes play after play with his legs, and he right. runs for a hundred yards, and they come back and win that football game. Right, that's something Mac Jones could not do. That is not something Bryce Young is going to do. That is something that there's other quarterbacks aren't going to do. That's something Tyler can do. So he doesn't have to be on seventy percent completion right. and all this every single game. That's a good point. And when you also when you add that dynamic to it, teams can't then defend him the way they would a Bryce Young, a Mac Jones. Because if you try to drop coverage because he's ha- he's picking you apart, then he's going to be able to then go run. If you try to come up to then take away from the run, you now put it in a situation where he can throw the ball down the field. In, in situations where if there's eight in the box, he doesn't have to throw the ball 60 yards. He can drop it. I got a one-on-one outside. And this is what Tyler does well. I got a one-on-one. I'm hitting my drop, and I'm throwing that sucker and I'm dropping it on a dime on the outside shoulder. We know he can make that throw. We've seen him make it time, and we've seen him make it in games twice, right? And we've seen him do it in practice a bunch, right? And so that part of it is there. So those two things have to go together, right? You know, it's like 
people ask you, man, Deshaun Watson turn the ball over a lot in college. Yeah, but he made a ton of plays. And that's the thing is, you know, I, I think Tyler will make mistakes. He will turn the ball over times. But you have to be willing to live with that because he's going to make a ton of plays. Like Ian Book could not afford to make mistakes because he wasn't he wasn't making enough plays. Right. Jack Cohn couldn't afford to come out there and not be on his game as a passer because if he wasn't on his game as a passer, the offense had no chance. Tyler can be in a bit of a funk as a passer and still move the ball and get you touchdowns because he's a dynamic athlete and runner it has to be accountable and you have to be yes. you have to account for it so you can't defend him the way that teams can't defend right. notre dame the way they did last year right can they also can't defend notre dame the way they did in 2017 with brandon Williams quarterback you can't because he'll he'll rip you apart in ways that brandon couldn't by that point in time in his career and i think that 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 dynamic does go together now does can he just be a runner no he can't but there will be a game or two where he will be in a bit of a funk. And, you know, you know, it's like people said, what's the quarterback that you know, he most reminds you of? And, and in specific, like arm strength and all that, it's different. And I think Tyler's more of an advanced passer. But in regards to how you have to defend a Tyler Buckner-led offense, part of me gets vibes of people say, well, you know, I've had, say, Everett Golson. No, I don't think so. I think he's more Malik Zaire. But a better but a, be, a, a a better feel for the passing game because you got to remember Malik came from an option offense in high school mm-hmm. at Kettering Alter, and so he was still evolving as a passer when he got hurt. And I think that's the thing that hurt Malik is he he in twenty fifteen would have been a great year for him to really evolve as a passer. And he missed that when he got hurt against Virginia. But I think the reason I go with Malik, I I would say maybe he has Everett's potential throwing ability, but I I don't see that. I mean Everett Everett, Everett is a different type of player. Shoulder too. Correct. And Malik Good. did too. Right. That's but true. What I mean is this if Everett could make plays with his legs, but Everett liked to make plays with his legs within the framework of a, as a passing quarterback. Malik, as he showed against Virginia, can go seven of 18 in a game and the offense can still rip you up. Because people forget the play after Malik got hurt in the third quarter, they ran one play and scored a touchdown from 20 yards out and went up 27 12. Malik doesn't get hurt. They blow Virginia out. I mean, that game's not close. They had just blown out Clemson, the, I mean, uh, Texas the game before. So you, that was, I think that's the impact that Tyler has. But again, I think Tyler's a more advanced passer than what yeah, he was. I agree. But it's that dynamic of if he's not on his game as a passer, he can still do a lot of damage and then hopefully get his groove back at some point in time. And I think that's the that's the aspect that's overlooked a little bit is if you if you accept what he can be, as a as a runner, I mean as a passer, then it adds more value to his running. But being a dynamic runner also adds more value to his passing. I think that's what makes Tyler Buckner unique. No, I think that's a really good point. And and he is going to be dynamic in the run game. He he will be. And it'll be within the framework. I think it'll be within the framework of the offense, but like within the framework plus. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, yeah. Because he is going to be very good in the read option game and on all of that that's within the framework. But I think they're also going to do a good job of getting him out of the pocket and allowing him to have the option if he's not seeing something. I think they're going to trust his vision and they're going to trust his decision making that if he doesn't see it, he can tuck and go. As right. opposed to in the past where it's just been panic, 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 tuck and go. Right. And not have the eyes down the field and and making those kinds of decisions. I, I think getting him out of the pocket can be a very nice weapon within this offense and with the way things are going to go. 
Yeah. I, here, here's the thing about Tyler. Part of the reason I've been so high on him, Vince, is because I believe in some ways he's a bit of a unicorn. And what That's I mean true. by that is, and this is this is going to sound like high praise or maybe it sounds like but uh, being a homer, and that's fair because it's going to sound like that. But that's not where I'm coming from. I'm talking about when I evaluate quarterbacks because normally when you evaluate quarterbacks, the vast majority of quarterbacks can really do – they're either really good at one thing and, and the other thing's like okay. Right. Or, the, and, and, or they're not good at the other thing. So, like, when I look at Bryce Young, even in high school, phenomenal passer. One of the smartest – like Bryce Young's mind for the game is as good as I've ever seen for a kid his age. The only person that I'd say was ever really close was probably Jimmy Clausen because Jimmy was wicked smart when it came to football. Jimmy just had no personality, you know, cement shoes. But as far as like feel for the game, it was elite. Bryce, and this is going back to like his sophomore year of high school, but like especially his last two years of modern day. Like his, he's one of the smartest quarterbacks I've ever seen, and he's an elite passer because of it but he's not really he's 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 athletic ish but he's not a runner at all he's not he doesn't have that part of his game and maybe it'll develop perhaps you know Tyler uh, Trevor Lawrence didn't run a ton as a freshman either right and and then you look at other guys that are are really dynamic runners but their passing game is evolving and emerging Mm -hmm. and there's work the thing that made Tyler and this is why I've said other than Ronald Curry Tyler's junior, and I don't know if I've ever actually said this, other than than what I saw from Ronald Curry when he was a, a junior and a senior at Hampton High School, because I saw that in my own eyes. I've never seen a kid have a season like Tyler Bucker had in 20, 2019, right? And what I mean by that is he was an elite passer. I mean, he put up elite numbers as a passer. 4,400 yards, right? So over 60% completions, 58 touchdowns as a passer. Mm-hmm. But then he also put up elite numbers as a runner, 1,600-plus yards, 28 more t- – uh, 24 more – no, 26 touchdowns as a runner. And it, and it was – some of it was on scrambles. Some of it was on designed runs. Now, it helped that he was playing against bad competition, but you can watch him play and see that the skill set is there, that he's really good at those things. And it it's translatable. Right. And a lot of people say, well, you know, this guy plays against bad competition. I'm like, okay, it's fine. But as I've said a million times, the competition does determine your talent level. All right. Now, it may make the transition tougher. Talked about this with Deion Colsey. Deion Colsey could get away with things in high school because he was so much better than everybody else that he can't get away with it in Notre Dame. He's got to learn to work through that. And and that's true for Tyler last year as well. You know, like you said, there's throws he could make, and he he tried to make in practice. We've seen him do it, where it's like, and he completed that throw as a junior high school. <laughs> that's the transition. And it's pick six now in college, right? Exactly. Football. I mean, that's right. yeah, absolutely. So that impacts your that impacts your your uh, that impacts your sort of your um, evolution. It doesn't determine. It doesn't. It's not determinative, right? And, and I think that's the thing that that there there's, are there aren't a lot of guys like Tyler Buckner, like even Dante Moore, elite player. Everybody knows how I feel about Dante Moore. He he's not a runner. Right. Right. Elite Pat. He's more Bryce Young than he is Tyler Buckner. Right. You look at Phil Dracovic, who I was very high on. Yeah, Phil had too. dynamic numbers like Tyler, especially when you consider that Phil played against much better competition than Tyler did. But Phil, even as much as I loved him, five star, I think he's going to be a first round pick. Phil was an evolving passer as a high school kid. 
He just made plays because he was so good. But, you know, there were things that he needed to work on, reading defenses and things like that, that Tyler kind of already showed the ability for. Sure. Now, Tyler doesn't have Phil's size and his arm isn't as strong and all that, but you, he's a more dynamic athlete. Right. Than Phil was. You know, Phil was a great runner, but Phil's and Phil's athletic, but Phil's not fast. Yeah, Tyler he had is athletic and fast. He had some escapability. He was able to kind of weasel his way out of some right. tackles and things of that nature, right. but. He doesn't have what Tyler has. Well, I I think team. Phil is as athletic as Tyler on the just a pure athleticism sure. scale. You watch him play basketball, and you're like, that guy's a great athlete. Yeah, right. There's, there's athleticism, and then there's speed. There's straight line speed. Both of them are great athletes. Phil's right. balance, his agility, his his elusiveness is 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 elite in my opinion. But Phil's not fast. That's the difference. Tyler is right. the elite part, but he's also fast, and that's the difference. Right. And and so it's it's almost like he's he's got Brandon Wimbush's designed running ability. He's got Ian Book's escape ability because the for for Everett and Malik and and Brandon, Deshaun Kaiser, some pretty mobile quarterbacks. None of them, in my opinion, were as good as Ian was at getting out of trouble in the pocket. Now, a lot of times it was trouble he put himself in, too. Sure. But, but he once was, he did, his escape ability, especially in his last year, was outstanding. I agree. And so he's got, you know, Tyler has shown that, not in, in, in college, but in high school, yet he's got the passing ability of, of an Everett in some ways. In, in regards to, you know, in, in, and then he's got Tommy's ability to process that Everett didn't have. Everett could could make a late throw and still it hit it because his arm was so strong. Right. Tommy couldn't do that. He had to process quickly. So he's got a little bits and pieces of all these different guys kind of molded into one quarterback. If only he had Deshaun Kaiser's size, we'd be having a really interesting conversation right now. But honestly – that's why people want to know, like, why are you so high on Tyler Buckner? And it's like, it's that. It's I can look at every Notre Dame quarterback and be like, boy, if he can only do that. If he's got this great skill, but if we should do this. Other than pure arm strength and quarter, you know, height, Tyler Buckner's got the best of every other quarterback that Notre Dame has had. Yeah. And and that to me is ultimately why I've not faded at all in my confidence that Tyler Buckner can be a special player at Notre Dame. Now, the question here, Vince, back to the original conversation. Is can he do it in 2022? Sure, absolutely. That's the premise of the conversation. Where the rubber meets the road, and that's ultimately because that—that's what a lot of people are doing. Even people who are a little bit like skeptical of Tyler now feel that, but by 2023 when he gets the under his belt, he's going to be good. That's fair. The question that we get down to it is, can he be that guy, Vince, in 2022? Right. Well, that's the question. And then what does what needs to happen around him? Sure. I know you're going to have to go here somewhat. Yeah. So I want to give you it. And I just kind yeah. of went on a long tangent. I want to give you a chance to kind okay. of wrap that up and, and kind of give the initial thoughts on that. Start that conversation. Yeah, because everything that you just said is, is 100 percent accurate as far as the bits and pieces and the fact that he's a unicorn and all of that. And that's why we're high on him. I mean, that that's that's why we're excited about his opportunity to be QB one on this team. And, and even though it's just going to be his first year, I'm still really excited about it. The difference is it doesn't necessarily – I shouldn't say it doesn't matter, but it depends on what is happening around him that will help him be successful. And we're only uh, – we can get into the defensive side of things, and, and you know, it's, it's, this is like, uh, uh, you know, when you're in court and you just, uh, hey, 
everybody understands the defense can be really good. Okay. Everybody understands that. And that's obviously going to help a young quarterback. Granted, offensively, somebody put it in the chat a long time ago, and some people have brought it up here and there. The offensive line is going to be so much better this year. And that is going to be a key component to Tyler Buckner being that guy that he needs to be at quarterback is going to be the offensive line. The, the wide receivers, they're going to be good. I have a lot of faith in Chancey Stuckey and what he's going to be able to do. You know, the depth is still a, a little bit of a question mark. Obviously, if there's some injuries there, that's going to be a problem. If they can stay healthy and, you know, you get Joe Wilkins back, you get Avery Davis back, I think they're going to be just fine as long as they don't have any season-ending injuries. They're going to be able to complement Tyler and what he needs to do as a quarterback. So I'm not necessarily worried about the wide receivers. I think the focus for me offensively is the offensive line and then the depth of the running game. Right. I, I think with those two things, it, it's going to amplify what Tyler Buckner is able to do at quarterback, and they're going to and it's going to help him as a young quarterback to lean on that. And the offensive line is going to allow him to be successful. Because if he was, if this was last year's offensive line going into this year, I think we're having a little bit of a different conversation. Mm -hmm. We can still talk about how good we think Tyler Buckner can be, but you add the piece of not really trusting what's happening in front of you, that puts way more on his plate than he needs as a first year starter. I think he can go into this year not necessarily worried about what's happening in front of him, that they're going to be successful guys. Mm he's going to be able to do his thing. Yeah. I, I think it's a huge piece of this. I think the offensive line is a very key component, obviously holding up. I think the receivers – I am I think the talent's there. I still need to see more from the receivers. Like that is still right. a little – I think the talent is there, but I need to see that a little bit more. I need to see that they can get on the same page with Tyler. I need to see that they can catch the ball, that they can win some – because sometimes you got to got to be able to win those contested throws. Yeah. I think the bigger thing for me, the bigger question mark is – Tommy Reese and, and and I say this from this standpoint not that I have any doubt in Tommy Reese it's it's more of a but we've never seen Tommy Reese have the opportunity to design an offense for a kid like Tyler Buckner right true he's so different from everyone he like Tommy's been a part of offenses like he was the quarterback's coach in 2017 right so he was part of an offense that they couldn't throw that dynamic runner he was part of a guy and, and really the next couple of years, they had a guy that could throw against bad teams, but not really be an, an elite pick you apart passer, but he had good mobility and he could scramble, but he wasn't a designed runner. Brandon was a designed runner. And then you go into this past year and he had a guy that was smart and could get the ball out quickly and, and all that, but he couldn't move. Right. And he was playing behind a bad line. Right. So we don't have any clue really what a Tyler Buckner led offense is going to look like from a design standpoint. At least I hope we don't. Because if we know what it's going to look like, then problem. because it's not going to be he's doing something that doesn't that yeah, doesn't fit Tyler. It's not so going to highlight what he's good at. I think what Coach Reese needs to do is find ways, especially in the season, to get Tyler going each game as a passer, and then do enough with the run game early to keep people honest, but get them focused on him as his ability to beat them with his arm. Because I'm pretty confident that early opponents especially Ohio State are going to play towards stopping Notre Dame's run game yeah I think that's going to be a big component of what they're going to try to do is we're going to make Tyler Buckner beat us with his arm and I think that's I, I get that from a defensive coordinator yeah. standpoint. I what, would they, too. what they have I on Tyler too. Buckner we got to stop him from running it's not just Tyler Buckner it's 
well, who are you afraid of outside? Absolutely. It's that combination. That's yeah, a really good point. Yeah. And, and so I'm in and, and, and stopping the run and defending Michael Mayer kind of somewhat go hand in hand because it's a condensed box and those sure. type of things. So what can Tom Maurice do schematically to take advantage, be prepared for that and take advantage yeah. of it? We can right? talk about, and, we can talk about that all. That's another show. Right. It's, but that's, that. a, that's an important piece yeah. of this. So I think yeah. for me, good health for Tyler is, is key. The line has to be just good. It doesn't have to be elite. It has to be good. Tyler's going to get you out of some trouble sometimes. Sure. Right. And But you can't ask him to get you out of trouble. Even with last year's offensive line, somebody told me this. Uh, somebody somebody from Notre Dame told me this. And I'm going to have to look this up. But he said something like they averaged eight yards of carry on inside zone last year when Tyler Buckner was in the game. Now, I got to look that up because I don't know if like part of that is, you know, Tyler Buckner pulling and running it for 40 yards and he didn't carry it. I mean, one big run, if he only carried eight times could skew right. his stat. Right. So I'm, one of my summer projects is to go through and do a, do, you know, break down every game and get the data and all that. But I know that it, it was better. I don't know if it was like that much better, you know what sure. I mean? Sure. But it's, it's going to be better and he's going to help the line. They're going to help him, but how much is it is a question mark. So I think, I think those are things that that are going to be important, and I, I think the final piece of this is is, is defensively, how good are they going to be at ter- forcing turnovers? Because I feel like this is the kind of this Notre Dame offense with Tyler's ability to run the ball is they can be dynamic and slow you down all at the same time, and it's it's a really interesting kind of conversation to have because it's hard to kind of balance those two things being explosive with also being efficient. Because if you can be both, the dynamic part allows you to, if your defense can get you a couple stops and a turnover early, it can be 24 to nothing before you blink. Yep. But the efficient part is key too, because if you're in a game with an Ohio State and you want to score touchdowns, but you don't necessarily want to do them in a minute and a half, you can do that too. Right. That's what makes dynamic, explosive plus efficient so effective. And that's what I think makes Ohio State's offense so effective is it's a very efficient offense. And, you know, can Notre Dame be there and, and not do it and, and, and do so in a not up-tempo way? I think they're capable of it. We just got to see it. Yeah. I think so those are the question marks. But, look, talent-wise, I, I don't think there's any doubt that Tyler Buckner has the ability in 2022 to lead this team to a championship. The, the team aspects need to step up. And for Tyler Vince, as we wrap this up, there's three things I need to see from him. I'm going to get your thoughts on this as we close up this part. We are also going to, after we're done with this part, we are going to have our daily mailbag. We've got Ryan Roberts waiting in the wings. So we'll have some comments from this that we'll start off with. But get your questions, we, recruiting, team, whatever. It doesn't have to be about just this topic. We'll start our daily mailbag after Vince wraps up. There are three things I need to see from Tyler Buckner this year. The first one is obvious, and it's the one that everyone in the chat is going to agree with. He has to stay healthy. Right. Absolutely. So there's nothing he can do about that. Like, you know, occasionally slide but at the end of the day. I mean, his latest injury was him, you know, walking wow. down the steps. His previous injury was a pulled hamstring. I mean, that, that that's not a sliding on first and 10 when you get the first down thing. Right. So in his, you know, in ACL in high school, that, that again, that's not a that's not a he should have slid there injury. Right? right. That's just a you cut and it, it, you know, bad luck injury. It's got to stay healthy. I don't know if there's a lot he can do about that, but he's got to stay healthy. Yeah, agreed. Number two, he has to become me- mechanically consistent. I don't really care about what his mechanics look like. I know some people do. He doesn't look like Drew Brees or whoever you you've defined as the ideal, you know, passing care. mechanics. I don't care. 
Can he be consistent mechanic consistent mechanically? That's what I care about. Whatever you do, be consistent with it. And the third is is can he can he beat teams down the field his arm? I think those are the those are the things that to me that are the three big. If he can do this, I think he has the ability because he's so dynamic to be a guy that is a first year starter can lead Notre Dame to an area they haven't been before. And we've seen first year quarterbacks have success. Malik and Deshaun in 2015, Everett in 2012, Ian Book's first year as a starter was his best year. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. When you he know, took over so, in the middle. Yeah. Right. And so took over in game four, uh, five, right? Uh, game four, I believe. So, Vince, I go back to that. If, if we've seen Notre Dame have some great years with first-year starters, and I don't think any of those guys brings the unique set of skills that Tyler Bucker brings to the table. That's high praise, but it's yeah. my belief. Well, and for me, for me, what I'm gonna, it, it all just comes down to decision making for me. I, I, am not worried about his physical tools, and I, I will, I will double down on the injury thing on on that he's got to stay healthy. There's no question about it. This, this is a different looking offense if he's not in charge of it. So he has to stay healthy. I 100% agree with that. The other thing, uh, it, it's just it's about decision making. Is he putting the ball where it needs to go? Is he tucking it when he needs to tuck it? Is he handing it off when he needs to hand it off or keeping it? It all comes down to decision making. I have faith in his athletic ability. I have faith in his tools with his arm. I have faith in all of that. I've seen the consistency throwing the ball at practice when I've been there. So I, I'm fairly confident in that. So it really just comes down to the decision making. If he can just slow everything down make the decisions, anticipate all the things we talked about before, he's going to have success. Mm-hmm. And that, that it, I know that's kind of a broad thing to say, decision-making, but I really think that that's what it comes down to for Tyler, for me, and, and having a successful season for Notre Dame. So that's going to do it for the first part of our show, right? Is So I think the answer is, can they? Yes. The big-picture evidence is there. Tyler's skill set is there. Can they? Right. Yes. Will they? I don't know. Means to be seen. <laughs> right. See, I don't know. But it's be I think fun to watch. Though. There and that's the key. It's gonna be fun to watch. Yep. So that's that's it for part one of our show, which obviously is focusing on can Notre Dame be a dyna- can can be, Notre Dame be a, a championship contender, compete for championship, go to the next stage with an inexperienced quarterback. Will they first year start a quarterback? We believe that they can. So that wraps up. So Vince, thank you so much for joining us for this part of the show.